hi, this is Cherise Kenyon and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast all about beauty beyond the BS. Today's episode is all about hair, but it's from two very different angles. The first segment of the show is going to be a conversation with Theatre Peckham CEO and Artistic Director Suzanne McLean. And she's going to talk to me about her new all-black cast production of that classic European fairy tale, Rapunzel, which was, like many fairy tales, originally about a young girl being trapped in a tower in the woods and her only means of possible escape is, of course, when a man comes along to save her thanks to her extremely long hair. So I'm going to talk to Suzanne about why she chose to take on this fairy tale. Then the second segment sees me with my friend and collaborator Winnie Auer of the Hair Lab podcast discussing how our first event Hair Talks went early last week. So first up, let's get into my conversation with Theatre Peckham CEO and Artistic Director Suzanne McLean. Before I get into it, just in case my American listeners aren't aware, like in the UK, we have these things called pantomimes, although these days I think they're more referred to as Christmas plays. It's a really seasonal thing. And I feel as someone living in the UK, as a mixed race person with, you know, a mixed background, I've always felt that pantomimes are very much for a white audience. So I was really intrigued when Theatre Peckham contacted me about this all-black cast of something that is very classically European. So check out my conversation with Suzanne. I'll see you on the other side. First of all, please tell me why Rapunzel? Like what made you, was it your decision? Oh, actually, um, Jeff, the writer... Um, after we did Scroogealicious last year and we were thinking about what we should do this year, he was like, do you know, I've always wanted to tell the story of Rapunzel. And so then he and I started talking about what it would be if we did it. Uh, what would the story mean? How is it relevant? I mean, that's always what our Christmas shows are. Like, how do we um, take something that is traditional and then flip it a bit and make it really current? And also because we have our young company within our productions, it's so important for us to make sure that our productions really resonate for them. Even the concept of pantomime, you know, I think mm-hmm. I haven't even referred to it as a pantomime, but how as someone that works in theatre and I've seen you've got an extensive background, do you still see it as pantomime or do you see it as what is a modern pantomime? To I, yeah, I mean, I think of it as a Christmas show. Right. Um, it does have uh, a lot of pantomime um, kind of inspiration within that um, because, you know, that's what we traditionally all well, you know, for the for the UK people, you know, pantomime has been something that's been here for years and that's what they want. Um, and I think that we try and take that, but kind of go, right, but how does it how does it resonate for our young people, for our local community? How can it feel um that it's really telling a story that that we want to hear and and maybe something that we don't hear? So um it's kind of mixing those two worlds together. Well, we definitely don't usually hear the classic Rapunzel from, I mean, every fairy tale is pretty much a little white girl that's kept in a castle or a tower with Rapunzel. I think a, a witch puts her in there and um, no, she's the baby of someone. Yes. The witch oh, takes yeah, like, the baby away. The ba- she puts the baby. 
Yeah. Are you keeping to the storyline? We 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 are and we're not. I mean, you know, another thing about it with all of these fairy tales is um, just in terms of the story for women, because again, it's another story where somebody who is male um, saves somebody who is female, and um, we've kind of done a little play with that as well. So, I mean, ultimately, it does seem like there is that, but actually, the way in which we um, we look at that is through a different, again, a completely different lens because it's really about the empoweringness of that young black woman who's in that tower and, and regaining her strength. Um, so it's not so much that she needs to be saved in that way. She wants to, um, I'm trying to say stuff without giving the story away. That's why I'm like, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. keep going down these avenues. But yeah, but, but, but ultimately, yeah, we just, um, we want to make sure that young black, uh, girls or actually all girls feel, um, you know, that they're not waiting for somebody to, to save them, that they have that power within themselves. Is Theatre Peckham, do you always do productions that are all black cast or is this the first time? Yeah, we don't do shows that are always all black cast. I think, uh, you know, Jeff wrote this one with that in mind, um, specifically because of the nature of the story and also where it's set, I think, because it's set in this um, um, Afro hair salon in Peckham. And, um, you know, in terms of the adult cast, um, it is an all black cast, but in terms of including the young company within that, it's not a all black cast. Right. And how important, because what really piqued my interest in finding out more was that you're working with Shamara Roper, who is Mm -hmm. an amazing hair artist. How important was it for you to ensure that not only did you have, you know, you reflect the community in your cast, but made sure that they had the right people to create these amazing hair pieces? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of amazing hair that we see. Yeah, you know, um, Shamara is actually a past student of mine, <clears throat> going back many, many, many years. And um, when I used to do a, a group in um, in South London called Pyramid, and Sh- Shamara was, you know, one of my acting students. Wow. And Shamara's always doing hair on the side. And I was like, you know, Shamara, I just think, you know, you've got a real skill and talent. You know, you should consider hairstyling. And she was like, no, because I, you know, I want to be an actor. And I was like, yeah, but the industry really needs people um, who can, you know, do hair. And, um, and obviously people who are black. And so then when we came round to doing Rapunzel, I went onto Shamara's Instagram and I kept sending Jeff the writer some posts of, you know, and I was like, this is what I think should be in the show. So that really inspired, I mean, Jeff and I were speaking about Rapunzel from December last year. So right. you can imagine. So Shamara has been in my thoughts for this for a long time. Um, and then when we got closer to doing the production, um, we then had some workshops where Shamara came in and worked for people from the community to come and engage in some free workshops that we had. Um, and it was really lovely. Um, a lot of questions about how to, obviously how to style your own hair. Um, but also about products, about kind of, um, 
dispelling some some of the myths that are around Afro hair. And so it was, it was, you know, one, it was like skills development, but also it just felt like really self-empowering. I love that. Mm. So how does it feel now that you're able to work with Shamara in this capacity then? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I do love it when, you know, young people that I've known from like, I don't know, in their early teens and then when they're, you know, full adults doing their <laughs> thing, um, it's just really lovely. And it's really lovely to connect at, at that level as well as, as kind of like peers, as colleagues, um, and just being inspired by them just inspires me more. Can you give me any information about the hair involved? Because obviously Rapunzel is able, in the fairy tale, she's able to let down this huge length of hair where the prince is able to climb up and save her. Um, have, have you got any info actually on how much hair has been used? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, we've got some, a couple of beautiful wigs that, um, <clears throat> Shamara has, has made. Um, and yeah, a lot, you know, throughout the production, it's you know, the way in which we do it is always, you know, through, through the use of wigs. We have three different Rapunzel's. Wow. So we have a 10 year old Rapunzel that's played by a young company member, a 13 year old, uh, Rapunzel. And then we have, um, our, you know, adult Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 year old Rapunzel hair can open cupboards. 13 <laughs> year old Rapunzel can do battle ropes with her hair. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and I love uh, it. Yeah. So there's lots of, yeah, and it's lots of fun. And ultimately, the show is a comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's fun. It's really, really fun. And just to, just to close, how important is it to you that, you know, young people do see themselves? Because theatre, I think theatre, the arts in general, in the UK, I think it it can still feel to many people that are in so-called minorities that it's not for them, it's not for me. Pantomimes aren't for me. Like, how important do you think it is for people to see themselves up there on the stage? Um, I think it's incredibly important. I mean, uh, I think it's one of those things that's really simple. If, you know, it's it's a no-brainer. You whatever you're doing in life, you see someone who looks like you and it opens up your possibilities. Um, it opens up your, um, you know, if, if you ever had any, um, thing that made you feel that you couldn't achieve something when you see somebody else doing it, then you think, oh, actually, there's a possibility that I can do that too. Um, I think with Rapunzel, um, yeah, I just think it's a wonderful example of how theatre can ch- challenge societal beauty standards and and really promote self-acceptance, promote pride, um, and particularly when we're thinking about Afro-textured hair. And I think there's been so much over the time, sadly, and we're still in that place where, you know, historically Afro-hair has been uh, marginalised, it's been stigmatised by mainstream media and society and, you know, we're still seeing young people at school um, yeah. being, you know, d- d- you know, talked about, you know, regarding their hair. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember when my, um, now back in the day when I was at school, when there was like in the curly perm era, <laughs> I, my brother got a school report 
because um, obviously we all had to play with her. And, you know, school report was like, he seems to be more interested in his hair than in his studies, you, you know. Mm. And it's like, so then when things are happening now, I'm like, oh, wow, we're, we're, we're still on them. We're still doing that now. Like, and, um, and it's tough. And I just think there's, there's something really brilliant about Afro hair. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that we can do so much to it. It's so versatile. Um, I think sometimes as black people, we're tougher on each other as well. Um, 100%. Okay, right now I've got my hair uh, blown out, right? And um, I'll have people going, you know, oh, you're doing that because you want to be a white woman. Or if I, if a, you know, friend of mine who's, who's dyed her hair blonde, oh, it's because you want to be a white. It's like, you know, we need to get away from those things because well, all we're trying to go is like, you know, I've got my hair blown out today. Tomorrow I might have it in twists. Uh, not, you know, just my own twist. The next day I might actually have extension twist in. The next day I might just do a wash and go. The next day. And I think that's the beauty, beauty. of having Afro hair that we can be. So, you know, however you feel, you wake up in the morning or if you've got time, that's the other thing. Some <laughs> <laughs> time you're like, Oh, okay. I've got time. I'm going to now spend some time with my hair. Um, but then the the judgments that we can then put on each other is it just needs to go. It needs to just kind of like go, do you know what? That's just how that person wants to express themselves today. And, you know, I don't think, you know, anyone should be feeling any way ab- about that to mm. give somebody else a, a negative judgment about their hair. Um, and, you know, it's just a brilliant way for us to, to yeah, just explore our 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 identity, who we, how we, how we feel for ourselves, you know? Suzanne, you, you have to come to the next Hair Talks, please, because that is literally what it's about. We wanted it to be like, no one's judging anyone's hair. It is literally about the complexity and beauty. Like, to be able to do that is something beautiful, you know? You're able to do that. And and conversely, if you don't want to do anything, that is also... Yeah. Yeah. Um. I saw, I thought it was so beautiful the other day. I was staying in, um, when we had the event, I was staying in Nord Junction. So the next morning, I saw this group of four young black boys going to school. They were all dressed identically. They had the same Nike bag. They had the same trainers. They had the same keychain. And they all had afros. And I was like, I've never, it, they just had, because I've, I'm sure a few years ago, they wouldn't have been allowed to have their hair so long, so big. And I just love to see it. I was like, for them, it's their identity, even as a group, um, to see young men embracing much longer hair. You know, we know a lot of boys in the UK, it's all about shape up, getting it shaved off, you know, barber life. And I thought it was so beautiful. And I just think beauty is in everything and it's okay. We don't all have to look the same. We don't all have to think to say the same. And we need to get rid of those judgments from one another about if you do this to your hair it means you're this Mm -hmm. it might just mean that today that's what you've got time for and that's what you feel good with yeah that's okay yeah a hundred percent I mean I was just thinking when you were talking about those boys and it's like yeah you caught them on the day and their afros out and then tomorrow they've got camo it's also fine it's 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 totally fine and and it's about that thing of like why you know the 
the person comes in one day with the afro mm. and we have to then label that as something. They come in the next day with a twist, we label that with something else. Yeah. The next day that and and but it's the same human being inside. Um and so for me it just feels so crazy that that's what we want to waste our time yeah. on in terms of judging a person instead of looking, you know, you know, for who the actual person is. Um so yeah, I mean, I kind of hope that in in our version of Rapunzel, I mean, obviously we've had to because there's so much quick changes and stuff like that. A lot of what we've got in within Rapunzel was done through loops. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, I'm I'm still in in that hoping that people are kind of like seeing through the fact that we're using words mm-hmm. and kind of go, yeah, but it's actually it's the self expression in. Um, People feeling good about themselves. Yeah. We also have an actress um, who plays uh, one of the lead roles who actually has alopecia. Right. Uh, Jaden Benjamin. And um, that's been something that we've been speaking about a lot as well with Jane to kind of going, you know, about her being a production that celebrates her and, mm-hmm. and having gone through this journey from herself. And then, um, and again, I think it's, I'm hoping that the, Production comes across in a way of kind of going, you know, um, we can all find that um, sense of inner love and find our our beauty. Um, and I think that, you know, my conversations with with Jane, she's just felt like it's an more than anything, it's an amazing opportunity for her to be on stage and celebrate herself without it being specifically about the fact that she has alopecia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's her it's her talent that, that shines through and she's there for the reasonings of who she is as a phenomenal performer. Um and I'm hoping those things can really resonate for audiences as well. It absolutely will. Like there was one lady with alopecia at our event and she's a psychologist and you know psychologists they have to go and see a psychologist every now and then, you know, to keep them. And she was like, yeah, I just, it's like, that's part of her. But where does she go when she wants to talk to somebody about how her hair makes her feel or her losing her hair makes her feel? And it was amazing to have people sharing stories about just like that realization, like, I don't want to hide anymore. I don't want to feel like I have to hide. And I feel like yeah. Again, that's what it's about. We all have different reactions and we all have different solutions and they're okay. If it's okay by you, it's okay by me. I hope that somebody's in the audience and they see Jade and they think she looks like she feels free, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but what's one final thing you'd want to say to anyone thinking about coming to see Rapunzel this week? Oh, do you know what? Come to have fun. Come just, yeah. The music is incredible. There are some tracks okay. in this show. <laughs> so let me just put that out there. Okay. Um, the acting is phenomenal. The young company are incredible and adorable. Um, so I think it's a real, it's a real festive family affair. It's just a good time out. And that's why people should come and see what happens in. 
So if you want to check out the show, Rapunzel is showing at Theatre Peckham from December 5th until Christmas Eve. I'm going to go and check it out myself this week. I'm actually, after speaking to Suzanne, I'm really excited to see this show. So I will share my thoughts with you on my socials and I'll also share a link for tickets and information in the show notes. Now on to Hair Talks, my most recent baby. Um, In last week's episode, I did share with you a little bit about why we decided to make this a thing. And Winnie Auer is my collaborator on the Hair Talks events, but she's also the founder of AI-powered online advice platform, Cara. And she also hosts her own podcast called The Hair Lab Podcast, which of course I will leave links for you in the show notes. And over the past year, we've just been talking a lot about starting a series of events, not just one event. We really want to start breaking down the complexity and beauty of textured hair. So Monday just gone, Hair Talks London finally happened. And I say London because there's definitely going to be other cities. I can't wait to share more with you. But in this segment, we're just kind of sharing our thoughts on how it went especially if you're someone who didn't manage to get a ticket on the night. So you'll know what's to come for the future events. So here's Winnie and me having a chat. Enjoy it and be sure to let me know if you want to come along to the next event. Before we even get into how we both felt after our very first Hair Talks event earlier this week, tell me why we started Hair Talks, why we felt that Hair Talks had to happen. We just really wanted a space where we can have really meaningful conversations about hair. Quite often people say it's just hair, but we know that it's not just hair. There are so many elements to it. There are elements that touch on our professional lives or elements that touch on our health, elements that touch on our mental health. And we just wanted to create this safe, ongoing space because typically you come to an event you maybe you might listen to a panel have a conversation um you might not even engage in that conversation you might ask one or two questions and then you walk away and that's it and that event is typically a one-off but we, we were wondering what would it look like if if this was an ongoing conversation where we were able to tease out each of these different areas that impacted us in a safe space so an egalitarian space. That was that was the reason. <laughs> yeah. And um, I know what you mean about because we were saying whenever there's an event on, it's just one event and everyone gets excited about it. But then you'll get there. And yeah, it might be a panel just telling you their expertise and their thoughts. And I just wanted to hear. I'm very I think I'm so curious. I think I'm nosy. I just wanted to know how people feel because I feel like. We're all so different. And I think as women of colour or black women, you often get categorised by your hair or where you come from. And within those things, we're, we're, you know, what is that saying? We contain multitudes. And I always think of you when I say that, actually. There's so much more to us. Like you're someone that will have pink hair, blonde hair, long braids, beaded braids nothing like no one thing defines you but like you said it's never just hair so tell me what was you know it's been the event was Monday we're recording this on a Friday what now you've had a few days to think about it what's been the thing that keeps coming back to you about the night itself the thing that kept coming back 
to me was the fact that in this room, we had different generations, right? We had this intergenerational perspective. We had this multiplicity of perspectives of people in the room. There was also global lived experiences. So people who grew up in South London or people who grew up in Colombia or people who grew up in Ghana. You just had this mixed bag of voices that were being elevated. And one of the things I really love about the way we're approaching Hair Talks is that it's not necessarily a panel conversation. We're actually literally giving everyone in the room an opportunity to share their perspectives. And it was great to hear about the things that made us laugh or the things that made us feel sad, but actually creating this space where everybody felt held, especially, you know, when you consider that this, this, um, episode or this session was focused around notions of hair love and hair acceptance and us really kind of poking to actually understand what does it mean to celebrate your hair what does it mean to love your hair Mm -hmm. when do we feel like we love it the most when do we feel like we don't love it you know these are areas where we were actually able to get quite vulnerable and it was it was great to just yeah sit back and listen to yeah, what everybody was feeling and what everybody's experiences were. I felt like it was a really special privilege for us to witness because, you know, we we prepared, right? You can only prepare so much. And I think sometimes I was like, but what if nobody wants to share? Because it's got to be about the vibe, right? You know, like for people to feel like I'm okay to tell you this story. And I just love that People really did share and people really did listen. I felt there was a lot of emotion at times. For me, some of the people sharing stories, like there was a somebody came who has alopecia and she told us about the night she realised she's, she's in tears, I'm going to shave it off, you know. And then we had someone else tell us a truly traumatic story about offering to be a model for... Uh, a class where people are meant to be educated on Afro hair, the model doesn't turn up. The the white teacher and everybody else in the class is also white, by the way. And they say to her, hey, do you fancy being the model? And everybody took turns in cutting her hair, meaning she hardly had any hair left. Like, wow. And I don't know about you, so many of these stories, I just wanted to hug everybody. I really wanted like, when the event, the talking part ended and, and that was great as well to see people chatting to each other, yeah. making connections. I was like, can I give you a hug? Like, yep. because it's not just hair. I think on one side, it is just hair. Like you wake up, you have to do something with it, but it's so, so much more. Like, again, that was somebody who went home and cried. Yes, absolutely. It's a lot. It was like, it was cathartic is probably the word. Like, like you're, it's like kind of like a form of shedding. Like these, it's like everyone in this room, like we come from such different walks of life. As you say, we contain multitudes, but we're all connected by this common thread, right? So it's like to be able to share those deeply vulnerable moments where if you might have shared it in another room, someone would have been like, yeah, and? just It just created this very special space where we all felt held. And... For me, that was actually really, really powerful. 
somebody um, tweeted. I don't know if you say tweeted anymore when it's on X. I don't think you say <laughs> X. Her name was Fatuma. She said, "You thank you for creating a nurturing space. And I was just like, that's even gone beyond what I really wanted, you know, because I am that person that's like, create conversation and listen. But to have someone say, I came out of my house on an icy cold Monday night and came and sat with lots of people that I don't know and you made me feel comfortable to share and nurtured means to be cared for. I just felt like, yeah, we have to hang on to that feeling. That's what we have to build on for the next and the next and the next iterations of hair talks. Um, I want to know actually, like, what, what do you want? Obviously, we've spoken about it privately, but for you... What do you see Hair Talks building into? I know we're talking about our next date and I will share that once it's confirmed. But for yeah. now, what is, where do you want it to go? What do you want it to do? I want it to go all the way. And I know that that's like, sounds vague. <laughs> but, but, but I feel you mean global, you mean bigger. Do you know, for me, it's actually about tight-knit community, right? So when we're talking about feeling nurtured, feeling cared for, I want that to impact more people, right? Because I think quite often we think about bigger, brushier, but actually how are we making a positive impact, right? By creating this safe mm -hmm. space where people can share, right? What does it do for us collectively as a community to have a space like this that is ongoing where we can keep sharing? You know, something that I keep talking about is the fact that it's culturally significant that, that Hair Talks is situated in Brixton. Brixton is a well-known site for hair, certainly within the United Kingdom, in the sense that even people who don't live in South London would travel from different parts even of Even people London, that don't live in London. Parts of, yeah, different parts of England to come to Brixton. And that site holds both convenience and trauma in by the same breath, right? And I think that to create a positive space such as Hair Talks where we're having conversation that hopefully is transformational, is so powerful. And when I think about it that way, I get so excited. I get tingles because it's, for me, it's the true meaning of community, um, to, to, to be able to both hold space, but also create the future together. I love that. And I love, I feel like we're taking back the word community because on the night I said to someone, I feel like social media really ruined the word community because I get it throughout the pandemic. We, it was very tough. So the community really got pushed as this, let's all log on for this live and there's a thousand people in the room or clubhouse emerged during the pandemic. Let's all listen in and have this sense of community. But there is nothing quite like sitting opposite someone and looking in their eyes when they're telling you their story and you are looking back at them maybe you touch their hand maybe you touch their elbow maybe you hug them afterwards 
they're smiling at you. You cannot replace that. You you just can't. It's a different feeling. They can feel your energy and it's your energy enabling them to have the confidence to be vulnerable. It's just like a magic recipe that is just not, you can't do it on social media. Absolutely difficult. Um, Absolutely so I can't, I can't wait for the next ones. Same, same here. I think it's going to be awesome. And I, I well, just like the fact that people are saying, oh my God, it was so positive. I feel light, you know, I feel like leaving this space. And I think that yes. that's so nice. That was something they kept saying, right? Like we both said that. People kept saying, like, wow. yeah, because yeah, when we, um, so we had the event and then we had like this half hour session where people could chat and they were chatting. In fact, they chatted for longer than like we were meant to have closed by that point. Everyone was having a great time. And we separately had heard from different people. So when we got back together, we were like, people keep saying they feel really positive and that's not always how they felt when they've been to an event. And we were like, wow, what kind of events have they been going to? Like, because it just felt, it just felt all good. And even, it doesn't mean that everyone was sharing happy stories at all. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't about that. I just think they felt good. Yeah. They were like, I got to share this. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said about a weight being lifted or shedded. Um, absolutely. absolutely. So I'm proud of us, by the way. Like, I'm proud of us. We same. should have celebrated together. We, yeah. We should have done same. something. Same. Absolutely. Like, big, massive high five. Tens across the board. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I know that, you know, in the beginning... <laughs> I have to reference Beyonce. I, you know, and I know that in the beginning, really creating this space, you know, we made such a big deal about we need to go get the incense. We need to go get the candles, the flowers. It was, you know, it's set up like a living room space. There are couches, there are cushions. So it's really nice yeah. and comfortable to create this inviting space, this beautiful music, playing. Everyone just feels relaxed after, you know, what I imagine was a stressful Monday, um, Monday, you know, like start of the week. So that was really, that was really nice. And, you know, from my own personal experience, I don't know what I had shared already, um, but from my own personal experience, the weather was really getting me down. And after the event, I mm. felt really good. I felt, I felt, I too had the experience of positivity after sharing because, you know, earlier on in the day, I was just thinking, oh my goodness, everything is dark and gloomy. But actually after spending time in community of others, sharing I just felt I felt uplifted as well so for me it's really something to be protected especially in a world as you say where for us community now means we're logging on somewhere um and we're sharing a couple of you know sound bites or comments and stuff which you know there's a space for that obviously but mm -hmm. I think that as you say, to be able to be in a place where you can feel somebody else's energy, offer a kind book word, a smile, or even have challenging conversations, but reach an understanding because it's not always going to be everyone agreeing and kumbaya, right? Like to be able to have. No, and it wasn't, but it, wasn't. it was done with respect. Yes, 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 yes. Dialogue, constructive, meaningful dialogue that hopefully leaves us all changed for the better well like i said keep your ears peeled for the next date and it's going to be another free event so definitely listen out on winnie's channels Win winnie's instagram which is at winnie hour and yeah on to the next one winnie 
Absolutely. On to the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that was the Hair Talks recap. I hope that it filled in any gaps for you if you'd been thinking about coming but didn't make it. I would really love to see you at future ones. And it was so amazing to meet some of you in real life. There's just nothing like making face-to-face contact with someone, as me and Winnie said in this chat. It was great to see so many of you. And even from my TikTok, that was really cool. So be sure to follow Beauty Me Podcast on Instagram and X if you want to keep up with when the next event of Hair Talks is coming. You can also check out my personal account at Sharice underscore Kenyon on Instagram. Thanks as always for listening. It means the world. And if you enjoyed this episode, do please rate the show on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you like to listen. Also be sure to check out my TikTok at Sharice Kenyon and sign up for the newsletter for free at beautymenotes.substat.com. I'll see you next time.